It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Coming to you from the heart of Silicon Valley, the official podcast of the San Jose Barracuda, AHL affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's your host, Nick Nolenberger. Our next guest is a six foot three, 212 pound power forward who was just recently signed to an AHL contract with the Barracuda for the 2023-24 season. Before this past year, he spent the last two seasons at Ferris State University, and before that, split parts of four years in the United States Hockey League. We are pleased to welcome Barracuda forward Bradley Merrick to the CUDA Confidential podcast. Bradley, first of all, thank you so much for the time. How are things going? It's been kind of a whirlwind for you since development camp back in early July. You sign an AHL contract. You forego your final two years of college hockey. You're going to be a pro hockey player this upcoming year. So how are things going uh, since inking that deal and just the last couple of months for you? No, it's been good. Uh, thanks for having me on first off. And, uh, you know, thanks for the warm welcome. I really appreciate it. And uh, you know, really excited to uh, be able to continue to prove myself and, um, you know, take that next step to pro hockey. And I'm so excited to be able to uh, get into San Jose and learn from uh, some of the uh, guys who have been there and the older guys. And, um, yeah, I'm surely excited to get things going. So I got to ask, being a kid who grew up in Michigan, I'm sure you were a Red Wings fan as a kid. What do you know kind of about the Sharks organization as you enter it and now become a member? Yeah, I've just always seen the historic side of the Sharks and uh, how uh, they would always beat the Wings in the playoffs, it seemed like, for a while there. So uh, that was fun for me now growing up, uh, being able to, you know, just see the pro side of the organization and how classy of an organization San Jose is and how well they treated us at development camp. is just uh, top-notch. I'm, you know, really excited to, to learn more. That was a good political answer, saying the Sharks beat the Wings. There were some good battles, man. I miss the Wings being the Western Conference because there were so many yeah. good series uh, when the Red Wings were in the West, and now, of course, they're they're in the Eastern Conference. So it loses a little bit of its luster. Again, growing up in Michigan, who was someone that you idolized as a hockey player from an early age? Well, uh, growing up uh, around here, it was more, you know, my cousin. I just would always follow him. Um and the stuff that he would do and um, just trying to kind of follow in his footsteps and, um, you know, see his work ethic away from the rank. He was a good student too. So uh, just try to incorporate everything, you know, he did. But professionally, I would say like, I don't know, that's who just growing up watching the wings. I mean, he's too special. Forgive me, but you mentioned your cousin. Uh, did your cousin end up playing at a, at a pretty high level? Why did you kind of look at him as somebody you, you wanted to look up to? Yeah, he played in the BCHL in juniors, and uh, then he he his last year he played two years in the BCHL, and then his last year he gave up to go to school because he wanted to start like a medical field degree, and he you know just outweighed his his options, and that was best for him. But he was always a really good hockey player, and 
um, you know, growing up, being close to him, it was just somebody I could connect and grow and learn from. You played for Fox Motors during your youth hockey career. There's a lot of different programs in the Michigan area. I think of Little Caesars um, as an example that produces a lot of uh, high-end talent. Fox Motors is right in that conversation. What was it like growing up in that area in playing teams, I'm sure, on a weekend basis that had a lot of kids that ended up going on and playing at a pretty high level? Yeah, it was definitely really cool. Um, my my age group, the 2000 age group, was uh, like a hotbed in Michigan. Uh, you know, you saw so many guys go on to have great careers and still having good careers, um, even even at the college level still more late bloomers there's still so many great players that I was playing every weekend and uh it didn't only only had to travel about two hours so it's pretty nice to, to be able to be in such a great environment for hockey yeah a lot of California kids that want to continue their career in hockey they end up making their way to Michigan quite often or Minnesota those two uh, states seem to be be the hotbeds at least for American kids to go play so for you right in the backyard it's just uh short trips I'm sure that was a uh, a nice little advantage for you. Going back to when you first started playing hockey, it's a natural thing in the state of Michigan to play hockey. And I was looking at the map from where you live, and you're actually a little bit north and even Toronto if you were to look across the way. So hockey is part of the culture, but how did you end up starting to play? And what do you remember about those early stages of your hockey career? Uh, yeah, my dad kind of got me into the game pretty early because he had played uh, up through high school and um, and stuff like that. So I, I, he put me on the ice and fell in love with it from there. And I would go to all the Ferris hockey games when I was a kid and uh, lucky enough to have that 10 minutes in my backyard. And um, no, just always being on the ice with him and or my cousin. And, you know, I'm just like, whether it be a little open skates or learn to skate, I was always there and always loved being at the rink. So that's kind of how it started. You're from Big Rapids. You mentioned Ferris State. That's where you went to school for a couple of years. It's in your hometown, and I was looking at the roster. I may I may have been mistaken, but I think you were maybe the only local on the actual team. So to be able to play in your backyard, what was that like? Oh, it was definitely a dream come true. Um, you know, always going, like I said, we had season tickets as a family and when I was a kid, and um, going to as many games as possible up until, you know, even, even in juniors when I'd come home for Christmas break, try to catch a game or two, and um, just always had that passion for the team and love for the team. So it was really a dream come true for me to be able to play there. So when they offered you, was that a, a done deal or were there some other schools in the mix as you went through your recruiting process? Uh, yeah, I was originally committed to Michigan State uh, for about two years. And with coaching changes and stuff, it kind of fell through. And um, I was in my 20-year-old year of junior. Um, so I, you know, Ferris offering it was just a no-brainer for me. You know, be able to come home after a couple of years junior and uh, be close, close to family, and uh, you know, I, I was so excited. So it was, it was so easy for me. So I got to ask on the weekends: Did you ever come home and get some of mom's cooking, or or were you around the house, or did you try to kind of separate from the parents a little bit while you're going to school? Uh, my freshman year, I stayed around here, and then. Uh, sophomore year so I didn't have to live in the dorms actually so it was nice get home cooked meals before games and you know I still my apartment was 10 minutes away from my house so I would just drive back here before games if I needed a meal quick or yeah so it was always really nice but 
I'm definitely excited to get back out and uh, kind of be on my own and, you know, keep doing my own thing. So your first season at Ferris State, you end up winning the Rookie of the Year in the CCHA. Uh, you had a really fabulous offensive season. And coming into the year, just statistically, it seemed like you almost added another element to your game, even though you're stepping up a level into the college ranks. And I, I want to circle it back to your situation this upcoming year because you're going to go from college to the professional level. How did you feel like you were able to adjust to making that leap and really assimilate yourself pretty quickly? And how can you maybe take a little bit of that experience and apply it into your current situation with the Barracuda? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I've still been thinking a lot about of um, what little details I could add next year, and um, but not try to you know overcomplicate it. Uh, whether it just be you know winning battles, always being first to pucks, uh, being a big guy, finishing hits, uh, get going to the net front, doing whatever it takes to you know add coaches' trust in me, and kind of that's how I went at it my freshman year is uh, learn from the older guys and and see the work that they put in and. Um, yeah, so just adding elements, and so your coaches can can build that trust in you, and uh, trust for me goes you know goes to me playing more. So um, you know, just anything to help the team win, and I'll I'll try my best to add uh, whatever's needed. You recently did an interview with Liz Child, who writes a little bit for our website. Uh, if you haven't read it yet, go to sjbarracuda.com. A great uh, kind of inside scoop on Bradley and his path uh, to San Jose. You talked about being a late bloomer. You're a big guy. You mentioned 6'3". You're over 200 pounds. You've got the frame. Were you always the biggest guy on the ice, or was the height and the physical maturity something that came a little bit later for you? Um, I would say in juniors, I was usually one of the biggest guys on my team. Uh, we never had any big guys uh, or over my size, I guess, like really big. Um, when I was at Ferris, this, my last two years, we had a guy that was six, six. So that was different. I was, you know, whatever. And he's a goof. So I'd always just mess with him and say I was, you know, tougher than him. But, um, no, it's, it's been, you know, kind of something I've lived with and been a taller, bigger guy. And so it's just been, you know, in my role. So learned it and, uh, learned how to build off it too. Right. Describe your game to fans who are not familiar. We talked about the size, using the size to your advantage, but describe your style of play. Well, it's in a two-way, uh, two-way hardworking forward who uh, I'll go to the gritty areas and um, go to net front, um, be able to kill penalties, win faceoffs. Um, you know, just just the little things that help chip away to win games. I think that's my my attribute that I can really help bring. Well, you had a familiar face at Sharks Development Camp, Daniil Gushin, who you actually played with in the USHL in Muskegon. What do you remember about Gushin's game when you guys were teammates in your final season of junior? Um, I love Gushin and his game, and um, he has an unbelievable shot that I think is one of the best I've ever seen, if not the best. Um, you know, he's a really smart player, small, shifty um, yeah, but he can just, he's a deadly, deadly scorer from just about anywhere. And, um, yeah, one thing, just remember him pulling off the Michigan in the game and it's like, I'm on the ice and I'm just, I don't even know what to say to him. Like, that's just his game. And he can pull surprises out that you're like, wow, like he, he's just a top notch player. You saw his first NHL goal last year, world-class release, as you mentioned. He's a smaller guy. Where do you think he kind of is able to get that 
work to pull off that shot? Um, I know in Muskegon, we had like a little shooting room and Goosh was in there every single day. So I don't know what, if it was just from shooting a ton of pucks or his stick or however, but I don't know. He, I know he works, he works hard for it and um, all the credit to him. And, but I don't know if it's, I have no idea. I wish I could shoot the puck like that, but no, it's awesome. I think you were in Arizona's development camp last year, if I'm not mistaken. You were here in San Jose this year. What do you make of your experience over that four day period? Uh, I really, I really got to know like the staff and um, just see how things are ran here, or whether it be you know learning about nutrition or on ice stuff, off ice. I uh, really took in my time with with the city and. Um, you know, I really kind of fell in love with it here and how everything was ran, like I said. Um, you know, I thought it was great that uh, some of the former or last year AHL guys were there to, you know, and just be there and uh, show support and how I'll come together as a team. And uh, so I, I really enjoyed that stuff. We're talking to Barracuda Ford, Bradley Merrick. You spent the time in San Jose. You're there for a development camp. So obviously you're on the radar of the organization. Did you know that that experience was going to lead to a contract? Were there discussions before development camp? Was it almost kind of a get used to the area and the team? Kind of lay it lay it out for us on how the contract came to be in, in leading into development camp and your conversations with the Sharks. Um, I think more of the conversations started after. Um, you know, I knew I had ideas if I wanted to go play somewhere, Um you know, and I and obviously the front runner was if I can be in San Jose, that would be awesome. That'd be you know the best thing for me. And, and you know, talking uh, with with everybody around after after camp, and kind of told them what I wanted, my plan was to that I wanted to play pro, and um, so it just kind of went talks from there after. And uh, yeah, it's been so so fortunate, so lucky, but uh, so thankful for for the opportunity. I think every kid who who dreams of playing college hockey once they get there it's kind of hard to give up you end up playing in your own backyard was it hard to give up those final two years or was the idea of turning pro and kind of embarking on the next chapter just too tantalizing for you yeah obviously I want that next challenge um you know kind of like we talked about the step from junior to college I just wanted to continue challenging myself and not that college wasn't hard but I think, you know, the professional level, it's every kid's dream at the end of the day is, you know, they get one step closer every day to the NHL and, you know, great organization like San Jose and can be built up through. And, you know, I'm just really excited to get to work and, you know, make make one step closer. You mentioned Datsuk is maybe the guy that you looked at as a kid. Now that you look at the NHL with your frame, is there anybody that you see in the NHL as maybe a blueprint? for you to get to that league, maybe a similar build or a similar style of play? Um, there's been a couple. Uh, my favorite player uh, growing up when his, when he first got in the league, kind of controversial, but Tom Wilson. Um, you know, I really love how he plays and kind of that you love to play with him, but you hate to play against some kind of attitude. And, um, you know, I'm not saying go out and be dirty by any means, but protecting your teammates and, being able to, you know, change a game with a big hit, uh, it's still in the game and it's still really important. So um, just him, um, you know, a little bit of uh, Luke Glenn Denning, his face-off skills and being able to work on the penalty kill and just add those little little chip-ins to uh, help the team win. And 
I think that's, you know, I, I like to bring that too. Join us for Los Tiburones, presented by Milagro Tequila on October 14th against the Colorado Avalanche. To commemorate the celebration of Hispanic heritage, every fan in attendance will receive a Sharks-themed luchador goalie mask designed by local artist Luis Gardado. Don't miss out on an unforgettable night of Sharks hockey, unity, and cultural celebration with us by securing your tickets at sjsharks.com tickets. That's sjsharks.com tickets today. The Hilton San Jose is the preferred hotel of the San Jose Sharks and SAP Center in San Jose. Experience something new. Close to home or from across the world, the Hilton San Jose is there for you with memorable offers and experiences. Enjoy the brand new guest rooms with luxurious Waldorf Astoria beds and upgraded amenities. We're committed to creating a safe and relaxing experience, including delivering an even cleaner stay from check-in to check-out. Visit sanjose.hilton.com now to make your reservation. We are Hilton. We are hospitality. Do you think that your future lies more down the middle or on the wing? You mentioned taking face-offs, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, you've played uh, multiple forward positions. Where do you see yourself down the line? I would like to say center, but I would—I mean, I'll also play wing. Like I can play, I can play either spot. Um, so I, you know, if there's a big face-off that needs to be taken, I can take them and then go back on the wing, or um, you know, do vice versa. So. I think that's another another aspect to my game that I can really add. You mentioned Tom Wilson, and, and it made me think, because you play junior hockey, and you're able to wear a visor after you turn 18. So you had a couple of years of wearing a visor. You're able to fight in the USHL. It's a little bit different game. Then you go to college. Did you find that to be a little bit of a, a weird dichotomy? You almost have to idle a little bit, pull back a little, your style of play? Yeah, guys definitely take more. You see bigger hits probably in college. I mean, you can say the guys are bigger and stronger, which they are, but um, they don't have that fear of, well, if I blow this guy off, then I got to fight, you know? Um, there's a little bit of that. Guys are a little bit uh, more relaxed with their sticks, um, not, not as worried about where they're going. and um, So it's definitely a big change, and um, I'm definitely excited to be wearing a visor again. <laughs> I know you played a little bit of baseball in high school at uh, Big Rapids High School. Do you miss baseball at all? And I want to ask what positions, if uh, you played multiple or a single position, did you play? Yeah, so I actually stopped my freshman year. So I didn't play. I played up until my freshman year. Um, I played catcher. That was my main position. And then first base. I was never really uh, the fastest or the, I wasn't going to be in the outfield. I wasn't going to be a short. So I could have been a third baseman, but no, I do miss baseball. I still try to keep up and watch uh, watch some baseball here and there, um, but yeah, those are those are my two spots. So, so what sports are you following on a regular basis aside maybe from hockey? Is it baseball or are you a football fan? What other sports are you following? Um, I like to keep up on golf. That's uh, you know something that I've really enjoyed and enjoyed playing for years now. So. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about uh, the warm weather. Hopefully on the off days, get a little golf in or something. You're probably much more versed than myself, but what do you make of PGA, live, the separation, and now all yeah. of a sudden it's uh, maybe backdoor deal that was just uh, inked recently? Yeah. So, yeah, they said right, like it, they didn't ever think live was really going to work out or happen. So, I mean, like the guy who bought it, the, I don't know, Saudi guy or whatever, he – he made out nice, so and it, and it 
it brought golf a little more on the map too. You know, you see it more on the news, and now it's a game that, especially after COVID, people are playing a lot more, and golf's actually getting more popular. So it's cool to see. Are you excited to to be able to play golf year round? Yeah, no, I'm definitely excited. I mean, obviously there for the hockey, but uh, good off day, like I said, definitely uh, maybe hit the range or play a couple holes. Hey, you got to find uh, some way to fill your afternoons. You guys are usually off and back home uh, by one one or two at the latest. Um, your dad, Brian, you said uh, off air, he's a horseshoe farrier. That's a blue collar job. That, that's a you're getting dirty. You know, there's hard work. It, seeing your dad go to work, seeing the way that he's been able to, um, you know, help put food on the table and the way he's worked throughout your life. Have you kind of maybe taken some of that on, just uh, that approach? Well, yeah, I definitely like some hard work uh, tactics from him and my mom too. Um, both both were very important in my life and have been great role models for me. Uh, so I, I've been very fortunate with two amazing parents and amazing grandparents. So um, I couldn't be more thankful for, for my whole family, honestly. Yeah, you mentioned your mom, Danielle. Um, I know you're, you alluded to it. You've got an older sister who's seven years older, so there is a little bit of an age gap there. But you, you're really family-oriented, and you, you alluded to your grandparents as well. But uh, talking specifically about your parents, what have they kind of meant to your hockey journey? Because we all know people who are involved in hockey, you can't do it on your own. It is kind of a, uh, a family affair, if you will. Yeah, no, it's, you know, from traveling to all the games and um, hotels, expenses, and even just the season. I mean, gear, when you're growing, you're going through gear like no other and sticks. And um, it was never, it was never like an issue, you know, for, for my family. But I realized, like you said, um, you do see them go to work and you see the hours put in of the sacrifices made for me and, you don't realize it until you get older and when you start paying your own bills, I guess. But, um, no, it, it's definitely, uh, the, so they've done so much for me and so grateful. It's funny. You, you said gear and that made me think of the story that was included in that article that you yeah. did for a website about a trip that you took a couple hours away from home. And you guys realized that your hockey bag was not in the, uh, the trunk of the car. So you had to scrounge together i think everybody who played youth hockey at some point where wore a shin pad or an elbow pad that wasn't theirs that we got from uh, the lost and found but you had to find an entire set of gear including rental skates tell us a little bit about that story yeah so show up i was at my buddy's house uh, my teammate because his house was uh i don't know closer to the rink we were playing at, so i didn't have to wake up as early early morning game so we get there i don't know an hour hour and 10 minutes early or something and my my parents get there like an hour earlier, so 10, 20 minutes after me. And we live like two hours from this rink, so it's not a, open the trunk and there's no gear in there. It's not like they can just turn around and go get it. Um, so we scrounged together some gear, whatever, like I said, some rental skates and went out for the game. It was terrible, but I mean, I was young, so it didn't like, it didn't matter, but I was like eight years old or something. But no, made it work. Scored a goal, so that was pretty cool. Oh, there you go. They, I guess they don't ask how they ask how many. Exactly. When when you get to the pro level, throughout your career, you're often the, one of the best players, if not the best player on the ice. When did it kind of click in your mind that this hockey thing, 
you were pretty good at it. And, and maybe there was a future beyond playing just youth hockey and then junior in, in college. Um, you know, I've just taken it kind of level by level. I've never really uh, looked too far ahead. Um, I don't know, in juniors, maybe talk, when I talked to a couple teams, uh, my drafts here, um, you know, then maybe you could see it as like, oh, this could be a possibility. But, um, you know, I didn't want to look too far ahead and just take one step at a time. Like, I learned so much from every year in junior. And then when I got to college and started really, you know, seeing, okay, you know, the next level is a possibility. So I need to start taking this as serious as possible. Um, which was, which was fun for me and really cool. Um, definitely a bunch of honors, uh, my freshman year that I'm you know very grateful for, but, um, yeah, looking on from that, it, it was like, okay, this is going to be in my future. So, yeah. I don't know if you're a big goal setter, but what are your hopes going into this upcoming year? Oh uh, yeah. I mean, for myself personally, um, it's, you know, to, to be a guy on the team that, you know, coach can look, look forward to, uh, seeing, you know, Hey, he's going to be reliable every single night and, uh, someone that can be trusted to play in the lineup, no matter the situation or how it may be, whether it's 10 minutes a night or whether it's 30 minutes a night, you know, just anywhere, um, killing penalties, um, you know, winning faceoffs, like little things that I can add, that's, you know, little goals. And then there's big goals of, you know, have have a great season and and get another contract with with San Jose in the future, and uh, just keep building forward, keep pushing forward, and uh, you know, progressing my game, still learning uh, from all the pros, and um, you know, watching the Sharks and how they conduct themselves, and um, just being able to you know not look too far ahead, but uh, still keeping your eyes on on the goal ahead, and that's uh, the NHL. We're recording this conversation in mid-August. You will be in San Jose really in no time. Mid-September, we'll have a rookie tournament out in Vegas. You're on the roster, so we'll expect to see you there. But you're back home in Michigan right now. How does the next, I guess, couple of weeks, three weeks shake out for you as you stay home and then get ready for San Jose? Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of training and skating. Um spend four times a week skating and just five four or five days like a stretch day but um that that training and um you know great trainers here and um been been able to skate down in grand rapids which is about an hour south of my house actually so it's not terrible um but um you know that's where fox motors is where i grew up playing so um being able to go back there and you know still continue to learn from some of the you know greatest people that I've met in my life and uh, people that have meant so much to me uh, in the game so it's been really nice but no just you know staying uh staying on track staying focused and but still having you know fun with the buddies on the weekend and um you know but really dialing it in back Sunday Monday um you know all through the week you mentioned Grand Rapids. Unfortunately, they're not on the schedule this year, but there's been some uh, great battles with the Barracuda over the years. In fact, seven, eight years ago, the team played Grand Rapids in the conference finals. Griffins go on to win a Calder Cup championship. It's a great state for hockey. There's lots of hockey players in the area. Tell us a little bit about you. You mentioned you're on the ice on a regular basis in your, in your training, getting ready for the upcoming year. How does your I guess training regimen, shakeout, are there anybody uh, that you're skating with, whether college guys, pro guys, that are just kind of helping you 
and you're helping them uh, as you guys get on the ice on a regular basis. Yeah, um, it's definitely been good. Like some of the kids that I've played with growing up, uh, uh, some are now you know in the East Coast or or the American League. Um, and, and on Sundays I skate, uh, kind of like take a little scrimmage or something. But there's uh, you know three or four or five Griffins players that will hop out, and um, you know, so to be able to see that is is good for me, and can not compare myself, but you know, see where I'm at, I guess, uh, in a sense, um, you know, because everybody's game style is going to be different and, and how they play and um, shine on the Griffins. He's one of them, and this will be his seventh year uh, in the AHL. Um, so, I mean, to be able to talk to him, and he's a fantastic guy, and um, to see how he plays the game and, um, you know, to, to just to be able to get an idea of, of how it's going to be. Yep, Dominic Shine. I've seen a few games that he's played in over the years. Yeah. Bradley Merrick, we appreciate the time, man. Great to meet you. Um, first time we've actually been able to to chat, even though you were in San Jose for a few days for development camp. We're happy to have you though, officially signing a AHL contract for the upcoming year. Look forward to though to uh meet you in person and enjoy the rest of the time back home and we'll see you in about a month or so. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. A big thank you to Barracuda Forward, Bradley Merrick. That'll do it for this episode of Cuda Confidential. I'm Nick Nolenberger saying thanks for listening and so long until next time. This has been a presentation of San Jose Barracuda Hockey. Oh, she had the John Mahat Dernerig. Smile like this, son. I just sent some. The first. And Tessie, you know, we'll send him a nip. But wait. How do you guys? Yes, didn't eat at the time. I put a little older than your boss, baby. You would have better. Now the songs are fun. He is now the chuck. Barracoon. Hey, 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 hey,